Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. All Scripture is profitable for teaching and reproof. But let's face it, God gave us a lot of Scripture. 66 books and more than 600,000 words, and it can sometimes be a little overwhelming to read. That's why I wrote my new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, to help you navigate your way through the highways and byways of God's Word and see how it all fits together so brilliantly, how every path, every passage, and every page points to Jesus, who is the Christ. The book comes in two volumes. Volume one covers the 39 books of the Old Testament, while volume two takes you through each of the 27 New Testament books. Both are now available to order, and I'd love to send them to you today. Here's Brian with details. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1 and 2, can be yours today by request for your gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of something good. When you order the print versions, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The online library includes electronic versions of the book, plus video sermons, audio messages, and downloadable sermon notes on all 66 books of the Bible. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to request the two-volume set and to gain immediate access to the Route 66 digital library. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Pastor Ron, there are so many good books published every year. Why should someone buy The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible? And who did you have in mind when you wrote these literary travel guides through the Old and New Testaments? You know, Brian, your questions make me think of the words of wise Solomon in Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 12. Of the making of many books, he writes, there is no end. And oh, how true that is. For what it's worth, as a Bible teaching pastor for more than 30 years, the ultimate road trip through the Bible is my way of helping people understand the overall story of Scripture and how all 66 books of the Bible fit together into a unified work of the Holy Spirit. I wrote with all kinds of people in mind, starting with the serious Bible student, even those who teach the Bible. I'm thinking of pastors, Sunday school teachers, and small group Bible study leaders who might use these two volumes in their preparation. But I also wrote for the person who is just getting acquainted with the Bible, which we all know is the best-selling book of all time. Brian, you can read The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible from beginning to end like any other book, or place it in your Bible study toolbox. I know that if you're a lifelong learner of God's Word as I am, you will return to The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible repeatedly. As companions to your personal Bible study, these books will always help you see the big picture before you dive into the details of any book of the Bible. That's why I'll be ordering my own copy, Pastor Ron. We're so glad you decided to share this important book with us. And you can get your copy today by going to somethinggoodradio.org. Both volumes of this great resource are yours for a gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456.
Well, sexual temptation seldom overtakes you all at once. It comes in stages, each one more dangerous than the one before. Today on Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, he'll take us through the stages of seduction and reminds us that for anyone who is in Christ, there is always a way of escape. Stay with us now or listen on demand on your schedule at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From his teaching series, Wise Sayings, Guidance for Everyday Life, here's Ron in part three of his Something Good Radio message, Making Wise Choices About Sex. Now we're in a study of the book of Proverbs, and in particular Proverbs chapters one to nine, where we've been looking at some divine guidance for everyday life. And Proverbs is part of the Old Testament wisdom literature. It is intensely practical. It deals with our horizontal relationships and how to live life skillfully and with wisdom. We, we defined in week one wisdom as the ability to apply truth skillfully. And we also said in week two and the weeks that followed that we're, we're going to bump into all kinds of situations in life as we go through the book of Proverbs. And it shouldn't surprise us that Proverbs addresses how we, how we manage our sexual integrity. In Proverbs chapters one through nine, it's written as a conversation between Solomon and his son. Sometimes he's having a one-on-one conversation. At other times, he has other members of his uh, children, his sons, plural, that join in the conversation. And as I said last week, 25% of the content from Proverbs 1 through 9, 25% of it is about sex. It's a reminder, guys. Yes, we need to have that conversation, the talk with our kids. But it's not a talk about the birds and the bees. It's about the blessings and the curses or the consequences. It's about the blessings of this gift that God has given to us called sex within the marriage relationship. And yes, it's about the curses or the consequences, we might say, of mismanaging our sexual integrity and taking that gift, as it were, outside the context for which it was made, which is the marriage relationship, and and using it and abusing it in that way. We said last week that sex is kind of like playing with fire. When that fire is in your fireplace at home, in the context for which it was created, it's a wonderful thing, it's a beautiful thing, it will warm your home. You can snuggle up next to the fire. You take the fire outside of the context for which it was created, and it'll burn your house down. And sex is the same way. And so Solomon is having a very candid conversation with his son about making wise choices about sex. We, we live in a society that is saturated with sexual seduction, aren't we? Everything is sold by sex in one way or another. Just all the advertisers use it. And it used to be that you could fall into this trap. Well, you'd have to travel to a certain place in the city a certain street corner perhaps, or you'd have to have the courage to ask for that little magazine behind the candy counter that's wrapped in a brown paper bag. Today it's digitally at our fingertips, which means all the more we need to put protective barriers around this area of our life, both men and women. And we're going to find that something that was written 3,000 years ago is up to date to where we're living today. You know, we live in a time of immense change. Uh, Some are saying that there's 
there's political change going on, a political revolution going on in America. I don't know about that, but some people are saying that. Change is inevitable in life. If you have any doubts about it, just look at a picture of yourself 25 years ago and then look in the mirror today. Things are changing, aren't they? But some things remain the same, like biblical truth, like human nature when it comes to who we are as sexual human beings and how we manage our sexual integrity. Solomon is going to speak directly to his son about how a woman seduces a man and how to, how to guard yourself against that. Now, we could turn the genders around and how a man might seduce a woman, but in the context here, Solomon's having a conversation with his son, and he kind of slows down the steps of seduction. We're not going to linger long on this. We don't need to. We kind of get it. But what I'm impressed with is something that was written 3,000 years ago. Yes, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is as applicable today as it was back when Solomon shared these thoughts with his son. Some things about human nature have never changed. I want to lay out for you, as Solomon does for his son, the steps toward seduction. I primarily want to spend my time, though, this morning talking about ways to avoid sexual seduction in a society like ours that is saturated with it everywhere you go. How do you protect your sexual integrity? That's where we're going to end up today. But let's, let's walk through the conversation as Solomon does with his son. The first step in seduction I see is what I call exhibition. Look at it in verse 10. Solomon says, And behold, the woman meets him dressed as a prostitute, wily of heart. Uh, she, she is, uh, let's just say, advertising something for this young, naive man that Solomon sees. As he's looking out his window, Solomon says to his son, I, I, I see some young, naive men uh, going to places they shouldn't go. And they arrive in a place, and behold, this woman meets him dressed as a prostitute, wily of heart. This is a reminder, ladies, that men are visual. <laughs> They're visual. Uh, ladies don't understand how a guy can see a scantily clad woman walking across the street and want to have sex with her. Women don't understand that. Guys do. Guys understand it all the time. I mean, we're, we're wired to respond visually. That's why the culture in which we live, which is saturated with sexual images, right at our digital fingertips, is so dangerous for men today. You used to have to go to a place that was tucked over here, had red lights around it and all that. No, no, it's, it's right there. It's delivered to your, your digital doorstep. And we're visually attracted. That's why the first step in seduction here is exhibition. She's advertising something to this, this young man. By the way, ladies, the culture will say, if you got it, flaunt it. Well, the better and more, more biblical way is, if you got it, protect it. Don't flaunt it. Protect it. And that's a conversation that every dad needs to have with his daughter, every, every husband and wife need to have with their children. If you've got it, then protect that gift that God has given to you and save it for the marriage relationship. So the first step is exhibition, the first step in seduction. The second step 
is excitement. Read on in verse 11 with me. She is loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home. Now in the street, now in the market, and at every corner she lies in wait. To me, this describes uh, a, a young lady who's full of excitement. She's here, she's there. She's, she's not boring and sitting at home and baking cookies, as it were. No, she's in the street and in the market at every corner. She's loud, she's wayward. She, she provides some level of excitement for this guy. And it's a reminder to me that uh, couples, husbands and wives, yeah, your relationship will go through seasons of, can I just say boredom? Maybe after five years or 10 years or 15 or 20 years, you've kind of hit a skid in the road and it's just not as exciting and as spontaneous and where's the spark and, you know, you're living life and you're raising kids and you're trying to, you know, put two nickels together and you're tired and you're worn out and, well, you're just kind of bored. Okay, everybody goes through that. That's the time not to look outside the relationship to find something exciting again. It's the time to look inside the relationship and maybe take these steps in seduction and apply them within the marriage relationship. That's, that's okay. You can do that. That's wonderful and appropriate within the context for which it was made. You take these steps of seduction and apply them outside of the marriage relationship and you're playing with fire. But every relationship needs spark. It needs spontaneity. It needs excitement. And, and as a marriage continues on uh, years and decades, you have to reintroduce that. You have to find ways to get back to that spark and that excitement, or else maybe something else exciting will come along, and you start playing with fire. So there's exhibition, there's excitement. Thirdly, there's flirtation. Do you see it in verse 13? She seizes him and kisses him. And with bold face, she says to him, I had to offer sacrifices, and today I have paid my vows. She's been to church, and now she's going to do this. So now I have come out to meet you, to seek you eagerly, and I have found you. You see the repetition of the word you? She's all about him in a flirtatious kind of way. And she's bold in her physical gestures toward him. She seizes him. She kisses him with a bold face. She's speaking these flirtatious words to him. Flirtation is not communication. It's manipulation, and she's good at it. She's good at it. And as we said last time, a woman can seduce her way into a man's heart just by speaking to him flirtatiously and telling him how wonderful he is and how great he is, especially when he never hears it from home. So there's exhibition, there's excitement, there's flirtation. Number four, there's anticipation. Verse 16 and 17, I have spread my couch with coverings, colored linens with Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Uh, she's prepared, and she's communicating this to him. And it's building his sense of excitement and anticipation. And, and did you notice how all the five senses are mentioned here? There's sight, the colored linens. There's smell, the perfumed linens. There's sounds she's speaking to him. There's touch, Egyptian linens, that, that fine whatever that is. I don't know. I get my sheets at Target, all right? She mentions cinnamon, not only the smell, but perhaps the taste. The anticipation is heightened by all the five senses here. Number five comes the invitation. 
still ahead, the second half of today's message with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Need prayer today? Visit somethinggoodradio.org to share your request, and our ministry team will be happy to join you in prayer. Use the Explore option at the top of the homepage and then scroll down to the How Can We Pray For You icon. While you're there, visit the Something Good Digital Library. It's where you'll find more than 500 hours of video and audio teaching from Dr. Ron Jones. Search the Streaming Library by Scripture or Topic to find answers to your Bible questions and grow in your Christian faith. When it, when it comes to sex, each of us has two choices. We can give in to the flesh and reap the consequences, or we can deny the flesh and reap the rewards. Here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good radio message, making wise choices about sex. Verse 18, come, come, let us take our fill of love till morning. Let us delight ourselves with love. The invitation to just get away and indulge yourself. By the way, the Christian life is lived this way. It's to take up your cross daily and to deny yourself and to follow Christ. The world says indulge yourself. Accept the invitation, indulge yourself and enjoy yourself. But Jesus says, no, to live the Christian life successfully, you're gonna have to learn how to deny yourself. Oh, enjoy yourself within the context of the marriage relationship. Let's never get far from that. Outside of it, boy, you gotta practice the discipline of self-control and self-denial in the power of the Holy Spirit and say no to such a bold, bold invitation. The next step is rationalization. Verse 19, for my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He took a bag of money with him. At full moon, he will come home. It's her way of rationalizing the relationship and of saying, we won't get caught. He's on a long trip. It's going to be a long time before he's home. We can do this in secret. Nobody will know. Remember, a secret sin on earth is an open scandal in heaven because the eyes of the Lord see everything. And then the final step is consummation. Verse 22, all at once he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a stag is caught fast till an arrow pierces its liver. As a bird rushes into a snare, he does not know that it will cost his life. Beside the word consummation, you can also put consequences. Because Solomon is not afraid to say, son, what, what is what is exciting and flirtatious and builds a sense of excitement and is a a pleasurable invitation full of all kinds of rationalizations will eventually cost you something. Now again, if your your relationship has kind of hit the skids and you're kind of bored and the spark isn't there like it used to be and you need some spontaneity, hey, take these seven steps and do them with your spouse. That's perfectly legal. Perfectly okay. In fact, you probably need to do it, okay, just to keep the relationship alive and exciting. It's not going to be that every day. Don't have that that kind of a crazy expectation. Life is life, and and routine is good. But sometimes you got to, but you take these seven steps outside of the context, you're playing with fire, and it will cost you something. This is the point where it's important for every one of us, men and women alike, to make a list of the things that would cost us if we lost our sexual integrity. 
And I can make my list, you can make your list, but um, that, that list would be very similar, I'm sure. The reason I say make the list is because C.S. Lewis said that when it comes to um, sexual sin and lust, in the heat of the moment, this is C.S. Lewis saying this, in the heat of the moment, God becomes very unreal. And he does. I mean, when, when, when lust and, and, and that invitation and opportunity to indulge yourself becomes the hottest and it's right there, you, you don't have the human power to say no to that. that, that that's pulsating, especially guys. It's pulsating through your veins at a level. You cannot resist that. God becomes very unreal. Oh, you, you can intellectualize this at another time when the temptation isn't so hot and so real. Yeah, you can quote all the right verses, say all the right things, but in that moment, you, you need something that's going to provide a fortification against you taking that deadly step. And part of that is making a list of the things that it will cost you if you lose your sexual integrity and keeping that list uh, right in front of you. Well, let's take um, some time to talk about ways to avoid sexual seduction, aside from just making a list. And, and here's where I just want to get intensely practical. Uh, these are things for the pastor to put into practice as much as it is for any of you in the pew. So I'm, even if you weren't here this morning, I'd, I'd be preaching to myself because these are things for all of us to keep in mind. Number one, renew your mind with the Word of God. I'm going to give you some R's, four or five of them. The first word is renew. Renew your mind with the Word of God. Let's go back to Proverbs chapter 7, and let's look at how Solomon begins this conversation, actually continues this part of the conversation with his son, verses 1 to 5. This, this has become very familiar to us because um, this is how Solomon kind of gets started in any conversation with his son. He says, my son, keep my words and treasure up my commandments with you. Keep my commandments and live. Keep my teaching as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call insight your intimate friend. We could stop right there, and that could apply to any area of life where we need divine guidance for everyday life. But then he transitions into verse 5. He says, all of this to keep you from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words. The first step in avoiding the sexually seductive society in which we live is to renew your mind daily with the Word of God. Paul says it this way in his letter to the Romans. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And if you haven't already figured it out, boy, this, this culture in which we live is, is doing its, its, its best to try to conform our understanding of human sexuality to the world's value system. It, it, it assumes that you and I are like jello and they can just pour us into the mold of this world. Paul says, do not be conformed like jello, we might say. Don't be conformed like jello to this world. God puts restrictions on us not to keep us from having fun, but to keep us out of harm's way. He knows what comes next when we walk in disobedience. 
and he loves us too much to let that happen without a fight. Thanks so much for being here for today's Something Good radio message, Making Wise Choices About Sex. To listen to any of Ron's messages on demand, be sure to stop by somethinggoodradio.org. Again, that's somethinggoodradio.org. And so I always say, if you can find one, maybe two really trusted people that you can be accountable to, that are not going to judge you, that are going to encourage you, they're going to hold you accountable, that are never going to share information about you on social media, you find one or two of those people that are not your spouse, you are a very blessed person. They're hard to find. But that may be what you need in that discipline of confession and repentance that vertical confession and repentance and somebody to share your struggle with even in a highly, highly confidential kind of way. That's tomorrow in part four of Dr. Ron Jones' message, Making Wise Choices About Sex. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.